Avusheni and hello hi Mzanzi. Nolu Tando here and welcome back to Sisters Without Shame, a no holds barred podcast that is proudly brought to you by Healthform Zanzi. I'm here to walk with you on your health journey as you seek answers to those weird lumps and pussy bumps you are too scared to speak about in public. Yo, Mzanzi, there's a lot going on. And this week, we got this note from an Uppington friend in crisis. She writes, It's been years. I'm seeing psychiatrists. I've had a tough life, abused as a kid, and my last relationship was really traumatic. I've developed weird coping mechanisms or just bad habits and behavior. There are stuff which are extremely hard for me. The last example is handling people who are sad and need support. It really overwhelms me even though I care about the person. I want to feel better. I want to be a better person. But I feel like I'm not making the right steps or just peddling in mud. I've seen counselors. I've taken lots of medications both for anxiety and depression. But I feel like only time helped but not them. And I'm still weirdly functioning. Do you have advice on how to work on trauma? and healing the bad coping mechanisms and triggers? Anonza, generally speaking, trauma is an emotional response to a terrible event. Usually the event threatens your life or even the life of someone near you. This results in feelings of significant fear or helplessness. To help our Anonza make sense of the trauma that she's currently facing, we are joined by clinical psychologist Quaresha Big. Quaresha is the founder of PsychCare, a private practice in Peter Maritzburg. She provides psychotherapy to adults and adolescents and has some interests in trauma. Quaresha, can you tell us what is trauma and how does it affect people? Can we also get an understanding or a brief overview of what post-traumatic disorder is as well? Trauma is an emotional response to an event that the person perceives as terrible. Like we just discussed, it can be simpler events for some people and others it can be more complex. Commonly, people would talk about a trauma response to an accident, a rape or a natural disaster. But immediately after the accident, a person is quite in an intense, heightened physical state. They can be shocked, they can be in denial, they can feel very disoriented, like they don't know where they are and what's going on around them. That's the initial reaction. The longer-term reactions go on to having more unpredictable emotions, getting flashbacks, having strained relationships, and lots of physical symptoms like headaches, aches and pains. And that's the common immediate response. And these are what we would still consider a normal response to trauma. In fact, if you have no response, we'd be a bit more concerned because usually the event is something that is within what we would normally consider painful, difficult, traumatic, and we would expect you to have some response. So within that, people can have this normal response and then start to move on with their lives. But sometimes we can get stuck and we can have difficulty moving on. And that's when we take a normal stressful response and it starts to develop into an acute stress response disorder or post-traumatic stress response disorder. And like I said, initially, there can be that disoriented, stunned feeling But then that develops into an anxiety, a low mood, people get quite irritable, 
they have these emotional ups and downs, they really struggle to sleep, they struggle to concentrate. Completing tasks can be difficult. They'll find that they isolate themselves. On the other end, you'll find that they have recurrent dreams or flashbacks of the event, like they keep seeing it playing in their mind again and again. Or somebody says something small and it triggers it to play back in their mind again. They can have nightmares about it, wake up with quite intense nightmares as if it's happening again. They can want to tend to avoid anything that triggers that memory. So for example, if you've been in a car accident, you may not want to drive down the same road again. Even though it takes you five minutes to get to work that way, you might drive half an hour to avoid the accident scene just because being in that situation would trigger the memory again. They might avoid people, they might avoid conversations, anything that would cause that distress and anxiety. You might find also that some people even actually, just to get a sense of power back again, even get quite reckless or even aggressive in that moment they may have felt so powerless. So as a compensation, they can often get reckless or irritable or aggressive. And then they can get lots of physical symptoms, like I said, you know, nausea, chest pain, headaches, Stomach aches are common and even difficulty breathing. I think for me, that, that's the common thing that tends to happen. I'm somebody that gets very triggered by people not paying me back because of a bad work experience that I had where I wasn't paid. That's silly, but that's my trauma. You say silly, but I think, you know, we have different things that we link with the event and that then starts to carry meaning for us. And it's about survival. You know, we look at it as survival and money is a, you can't survive without it. Yeah. If somebody doesn't pay you back, it becomes traumatic and that becomes your trigger. Quaresha, does trauma usually go away by itself or do you need like psychological help to get through it? So some people do get over trauma on their own and we find that they find their feet again. They even have a positive response to trauma. It's something they're now calling post-traumatic growth. But they sort of, in response to trauma, seem to just somehow grow, experience their lives differently, as though they've had a bit of an awakening from the trauma. But those people have often had a good grounding in life. The way they experienced trauma previously or earlier on in their life, they were exposed to good coping strategies, they got the right kind of support. And so those people, typically when they experience trauma, they can find their way out of it. But if we haven't had that, if in our previous experiences we've struggled, we haven't been able to get the right support to navigate trauma, then those people are more likely to get stuck. So when we talk about a childhood history of abuse or parents being absent or parents being neglectful or too many traumas compounding at one time, those people can really tend to get stuck and they do require professional help. I think even if you're not the kind of person that requires professional help, even one or two sessions with a psychologist can be incredibly useful. Can you tell us what other problems can develop after you experience, after you go through a traumatic experience? Like things like, is depression a high? Is, are you going to be stuck living depressed, anxious, struggling with anxiety and that kind of thing? Yeah. Definitely. I think depression becomes a big one. I think anxiety becomes a big one. And if we just look at how trauma plays out in the brain, to me, that makes absolute sense. Because trauma then hijacks the brain. It causes the brain to be working in a constantly stressful environment. And so your brain goes into a bit of a battery-saving mode and everything else is a luxury. So the chemicals that are responsible for maintaining our mood and keeping us calm 
are just not there. They're overwhelmed. They're washed away. And so we find that you can't maintain a mood. You sort of get anxious all the time. You have trouble remembering things. You may get negative thoughts. You get lots of feelings of guilt and blame. You can't enjoy things anymore. People struggle to focus at work. They struggle to perform at work, to stay motivated, to stick to tasks. So it has an ongoing effect. And we find that as one thing happens, there's a bit of a cascade event. And so you get stuck in a vicious cycle that becomes really hard to get out of. Often then this comes with substance abuse because it seems to be one of the easier ways for people to cope. You know, it feels like a band-aid or a plaster and the substance abuse becomes a part of it. But lots of anxiety disorders develop as well. I know, like, especially um, survivors of attacks, they always go through that feeling of guilt. Is that feeling of guilt something that's normal as well? Definitely. And I think the guilt is, is layered in so many different ways. You know, we, when we're in a trauma with other people and we're not injured, and somebody else is, we've got a sense of survival guilt about it. How come we weren't and they weren't feel guilty that we weren't the injured ones? But then we also feel grateful that we weren't the injured ones. And then the, the guilt is layered in different ways. You know, sometimes we've got survival guilt in a different way where we feel we did something wrong to put ourselves in that position. You know, and we shouldn't be, but we feel guilty about that. We feel guilty about being in the wrong place at the wrong time. There's so many layers to the guilt and there's so many things that it pops up against because it's such a complex system that your brain is trying to make sense of. So guilt is a really, really common thing. And then I think that guilt becomes further complicated because we not performing at work or we're withdrawing from people who want to support us. And then it becomes layered around different things. So the guilt that's there is very common and it's also very complex. And that's where I think also seeing somebody and getting professional help is useful because as you talk about these things, it just helps you unravel the pieces of, that are getting stuck, that are keeping you stuck in a guilt cycle. We've experienced the trauma like a long time ago and you only start developing symptoms now. Is this something that's possible? It is possible. It's not always common, but it is possible. And, you know, often people are stuck in different phases of their lives and they're just trying to get through. You know, if you, you experience something as a child, you're not in the most supportive environment. Your primary aim is to get out of the environment, get comfortable, get working, get independent so that you feel more of a sense of power. And all that time, you haven't been focusing on the trauma because you're just surviving. And suddenly things settle down and then the trauma comes back. And it's because now you're suddenly in a space where you're feeling safe enough to actually deal with that trauma. It's an interesting thing also, a lot of when people settle into comfortable relationships where they feel safe, it's suddenly the time they start to remember or experience the intensity of the trauma. But it's almost because it's the first time in their lives they've actually found a space that's safe enough to challenge these things that have been really deeply sitting with them for a long time. So although it's not common, it's definitely possible. How important is it for you to prioritize your mental health after a traumatic event? I know, especially, I, I think people of color have this thing where, you know, we don't give ourselves time to feel things. We just want to get up, reset, go, and that's it. I think it's so important. I think it paralyzes us. You know, I think we, we don't realize how trauma can paralyze us and hold us back. And once we are able to heal from that, there's such a massive sense of liberation and success that comes with it. 
that I think it is incredibly important. We have to do it. We've got to listen to our bodies. We've got to just learn to respect that this is what, because the extent is paralyzing. And when I say paralyzing, you know, I think there's even newer studies that talk about how the brain and body age earlier when you've had trauma. And so I think we really underestimate. We can be more, more prone to physical illnesses. We can get all of these chronic illnesses, even diabetes. Some people say can be stress related. And even if we have an illness like diabetes, it gets worse with stress. So all of these things have a knock-on effect, and it's so important to get help. Like you say, you know, we're so good at dismissing and carrying on. People say therapy is expensive. Therapy is expensive. You know, there's lots of excuses that we come up with, but it is so important to prioritize. I think historically, people did therapy in one way, and there was just a couple of ways that we do things. Therapy has become so advanced that there's so many techniques. There's cognitive behavioral therapy, there's exposure response prevention, there's trauma release, there's eye movement therapy. There's so many that have become effective in dealing with trauma. I went to one called Brain Worker Recursive Therapy, BWRT, and it is phenomenally effective in dealing with trauma. They talk about it actually changing the pathways in which the brain experiences trauma so that you no longer even get the intensity of those physical responses. And I think that should encourage people to give it a try because you're not sitting in, in therapy for 10 years. You know, we can do things in 12 sessions now that we could never do before. So there's good structured ways and we've got to listen. The one quote that I like from these Pinterest mood boards is that healing is not linear. <laughs> I think healing isn't linear. And I think, you know, we can talk about professional support, but I also think there's lots of little things we can do on our own. You know, we can... We can get support. I know it's hard, but we can find support groups, even if we're not initially wanting support from the people at Love and Care for us. We can get support from support groups. We must try and not isolate ourselves. We must exercise. Like when I say exercise, I don't mean like go to the gym and just pick up weights. You know, if you want to go for a walk with a friend, go for a walk with a friend, go for a walk in the sunlight. If you want to dance, if music talks to your soul, then dance. By all means, dance. Put the music on loud and dance. One of the things that I love, I mentioned earlier, is art. And art, it wakes up that area in the brain that's right next to resilience. So be creative. It doesn't have to be the most beautiful thing. Take paint and throw it on a canvas if you want. Do the coloring in, but be creative. One of the interesting things is learn a new skill. So if you haven't done something before, just give different things a try. Because that gets your brain working in a different way. And because trauma is related to our brain understanding this is the way we need to survive in the world, we start pushing our brain to see that learning new skills can also be a way of surviving. And it pushes us out of that trauma framework that we get stuck in. If you can stay away from substances, I know it becomes contentious, but staying away from substances just allows your brain to adapt differently. And then everybody talks about mindfulness, you know, and everybody thinks mindfulness has to be meditation. But I think mindfulness can happen in such simpler ways because mindfulness is just about being present in the moment. Because when we've got stuck with this formal anxiety, we're constantly thinking about the 10 next steps ahead of us rather than just being present in the moment. Like when I say mindfulness, I really mean start something like if you right-handed, brush your teeth with your left hand, <laughs> you know, just be present in the moment to feel something a little bit 
different, it gets you a bit more present in the moment. And then people talk about gratitude journals. You know, I, I think gratitude journals are great, but when you're talking about it in terms of anxiety and trauma, I like the idea of a gratitude journal. But when we start to link it to things that people can be grateful for us for, because that links it to a quality that we have of ourselves. So, for example, if I was crossing the road today and I helped somebody, you know, or um, I opened the door for somebody and they said thank you, or I passed somebody, they looked like they were having a miserable day, and I smiled, offered a colleague a cup of coffee. Those are the little things people would be grateful for. It's not just gratitude that we must be grateful in our lives where we feel powerless because we've got a roof over our heads and we feel that that can be taken at any time. It must also be gratitude about things that exist deeply within us that nobody can take from us. But I think these are other things that we can just do to build on to getting professional help. And stop being so frugal with money saying that therapy is expensive. <laughs> and there's lots of places that offer therapy um, that are good quality therapy and that are affordable. You know, our government services, as difficult as they can be, they usually all have psychologists affiliated. There's organizations, SADAG is a big one, Lifeline is a big one, Gift of the Givers has Careline, and they all have these people where counselors are trained. And one of the things they're trained to do is, is trauma because that's, I think, something we commonly face with. Thank you for joining this week's episode of Sisters Without Shame, Croatia. Now, if you are looking for more answers to dealing with your trauma, visit healthformzanzi.co.za. And remember, friends, if you are in a medical bind and looking for a shoulder to cry on, you can send an email to hello at healthformzanzi.co.za. Alternatively, send us a WhatsApp on 76 Nah, I would never blue tick you, baby. How you react when something traumatic happens and shortly afterward can help or even delay your recovery. Having a positive coping strategy and learning something from the situation can help you recover from a traumatic event. Get help. Like Horatia said, talking with a mental health professional can help someone with post-traumatic stress symptoms learn to cope. It's important for anyone with PTSD-like symptoms to be treated by a mental health professional who is trained in trauma-focused therapy. That brings us to the end of episode 62 of Sisters Without Shame, proudly brought to you by Healthform Zanzin. From me, Lulu Nakani, have a great week and remember to show your girl some love by sharing this podcast with a friend.